Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, this is Bill Hartzer, and this is the Digital Marketing with Bill Hartzer podcast for July 14th, 2022. Lots of things to talk about this week. Let's go ahead and get started. Um, so Google Search Console Report. Um, Bactric stocks of Ahrefs, um, um, and the URL is ahrefs.com slash blog slash gsc hyphen hidden hyphen terms hyphen study. and his um, Google Search Console hidden term study actually revealed that 50% of queries, search queries, are hidden on Google Search Console. So you're only actually seeing 50% of your search queries. They're essentially your organic search traffic. We were uh, honestly under the impression, to be honest with you, I was under the impression that um, before this came out, that I was um, that when you looked at Google Search Console data, that you it showed you really what the true picture was, and in fact, this is absolutely not the full picture whatsoever. And if you're only seeing about fifty percent of the search queries on your site when you actually go to Google Search Console, then that's that's just ridiculous. I mean, that's. That data that that's that's even worse than um, Google a Analytics data. I mean, so it's just basically it's absolutely unreliable. Unreliable, you know. So the bottom line is, you know, don't trust the data that even Google Search Console gives you. It's not the full picture whatsoever. I can also tell you, based on my personal experience, that even Google Analytics data. Is estimated, and and you can look and see in Google Help Docs that basically the way Google Analytics works is that they estimate the data, and then it uh, and then maybe maybe a day or two later they will actually update the data with the actual you know what they think is actual data. There's so many filters going on though, in my opinion, that that um, that Google has to filter out the traffic that. It's it's not even correct data, you know. Um, so Google Analytics data 
um, and Google Search Console data. Now, though, we know also that Google Analytics data is estimated. It will actually not hold up in court as being factual and being a factual representation of the actual visits to a website. Um, plain and simple, it will not hold up in court and it can be um, it can be challenged. Google Analytics data is not correct. It's not a, the only the only true data that we can we can get um, is a is the web server logs, the log files. Now I am planning actually seeing this report um, that Google Anal you know Google Search Console data is not correct. I actually know from basically my personal experience that the Google crawl activity is actually not correct whatsoever. And I can actually tell you basically that I have looked and analyzed website log files and comparing that data, it actually, which actually shows a visit from let's say Google search crawl, uh, a crawler from Google <coughs> and say they crawled hundred pages, for example. And we know that because of the log file, right? It comes down to it. You look at what Google Search Consoles tells you that they crawled the they crawled you know fifty pages at that day. Well, you know in fact based on the log files they actually crawled one hundred and fifty pages. So that data does not line up whatsoever. So the data that they're telling you, oh, we crawled a certain number of pages in Google Search Console, that's actually not true. And I plan on revealing and showing and proving that in a future upcoming um, report that I'm going to be working on. But that um, because I think that's just as important um, as knowing that basically the Google Search Console data um, in in Google Search Console, the queries about fifty percent of them are hidden, and so meaning that the data that you're seeing is not the full picture. Now, moving on, the Google My Business app was no longer available as of right now, it, you know, as, as of, I guess, a few days ago or yesterday or whatever, but right now it's no longer available. You can't use it, delete it. It's just taking up space on your phone. Um, Google for several years wanted us to use the Google My Business app on our phones uh, to update and to respond to messages and basically make updates on our Google listing, our Google, you know, local listings for our company. Um, but now Google's completely removed that app. They're now telling us that we need to manage our Google business profile in the Google Maps app. So the Google by business app should be deleted. You should be using the Google Maps app and in fact, I know that there's actually more than one database and so of that local data. And if you enter it in the Google Maps app and you'd make the changes there, it will be much better changing and faster and, and the data will be updated faster, basically, um, if you enter it into the Google Maps app rather than going into Google search. But right now, our only options are to manage the Google Business Profile in the Google Maps app, 
which is the most recommended or in the Google search um, or in Google search. Moving on. So um, will linking to HTTP pages impact rankings? Um, so we know um, HTTPS is a search engine ranking factor. That's, that's a given. Um, Google's told us that and how much of a factor, we don't know exactly. I don't think we'll ever know, but it is a ranking factor. So therefore, if we do our make links or we have links to our HTTP version of our site, will that um, be a negative? That's the real question, right? So we know HTTPS is a positive. Well, John Muir this week actually came out and said, there's nothing against linking to sites like that, meaning linking, you know, nothing negative, nothing against linking as far as ranking factors go or SEO you know, issues go linking to HTTP. There's not really any, you know, quoting John Mueller here, there's no, there's no kind of downside for your website to kind of like avoid linking to HTTP pages because they're kind of old or crusty and not as cool as HTTPS. But <coughs> Google, um, Google's John Muir has affirmed that it's okay for SEO reasons to link to another site using HTTP. Now, that brings up another question is, are you linking properly or are you redirecting properly from HTTP to the HTTPS version of your site? <coughs> Keep in mind, you start with HTTP colon slash slash, you know, hartzer.com. That should, the HTTP non-www should, should redirect to the final version. There shouldn't be a an additional hop or two. You should not redirect from HTTP to HTTP www to HTTP s to HTTP s www. Now that would be four different hops or several different hops, right? Or through the redirects. However, we don't want that. We don't. We want as less hops as possible. So HTTP colon slash slash harsher.com should redirect directly to HTTPS www.harsher.com, which is the final version that I'm using on harsher.com. Now, what you can do just to make sure everything is kind of working properly is go to, to hstspreload.org. Um, HSTS preload check is the HSTS preload is a list. That list is shared amongst all the major browsers. What happens is if you get on that list, if your website is set up properly, your server, right, for HTTPS, and it's all set up properly, and you have the right redirects in place and everything like that, you will qualify for to be on the HSTS preload list. That also means, in particular, that your site or your domain name is actually embedded into the, brow the browsers. Um, like it's embedded in, in that list is embedded into Google Chrome, into Safari, into Firefox, et cetera, and Microsoft Edge, et cetera. That means that it, so if, somebody, if somebody requests to go to http that the browser 
at the browser level, they know they will never request the HTTP version because you're on the list. Okay, so in order to qualify for the list, everything has to be set up properly. So you need to go to that hstspreload.org and check and make sure everything's set up properly, then submit to the site. Now, search engine land article. So search engine land this week um, was going through there. Not a lot of noteworthy um, stuff as far as SEO goes, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but there is a article, recent article by someone named John Clark, um, who has written an article, which is actually very helpful. It's on how to do a schema markup audit, okay, on your site. Um, how to do a schema markup audit. So obviously, uh, if you're not using schema, you're not using any schema markup on your site. And actually, you may be using a little bit limited if you're using something like the Yoast plugin or an SEO plugin. They tend to do some limited schema. However, um, if you are not purposely doing additional schema markup code, you're completely missing out. I mean, it is, it is um, you know, basically at this point, my opinion is every SEO, all SEOs should be familiar with schema markup, when to use it, how to use it. There's absolutely no reason why you should not be using, you know, if you're an SEO agency, shame on you if you are not marking up your, your um, clients' websites with schema and doing it properly because it's one of those things that is fairly easy to do. Okay, it's kind of, you know, at this point, it is, it's fairly easy. And there's actually tools out there um, like inlinks.net that actually help you do that. Um, so I'm mentioning inlinks.net because I was one of the original beta testers um, and originally on my site. Um, and so even before it was released to the public, I'm a big fan of, of what they're doing. Um, it's great for internal links, so it will actually automatically create internal links on your website. You can you can obviously control those once they're automated. Um, you can control them a little bit, but it also creates schema markup code, the appropriate one. So if you, for example, if you have a FAQs, okay, or a question that's a heading um, on your site, it will actually mark it up with FAQ page schema, which is very helpful. I personally know of a site. That was an e-commerce site. It was a large website. Let's say 100,000 pages, 50,000 pages, whatever. Large website. Now, we only added because, you know, we added in links.net because of the fact that there was no way to manually insert schema markup code on the site. Um, the issue was this, the, the, with the, this particular site, the content management system that was created did not allow for schema markup to be inserted. So the only way to do that, now you can add, you know, that small markup, you know, the small code for, for an in-links you can get that on the site and then you go into inlinks and you tell it what pages to load this 
to you know to load um that was the we had to use interlinks there was there's basically there was no other way without a significant amount of web development that just was not going to be able to be done at that point um the customer the client the e-commerce site was just not going to be able to do it so frankly um it just came down to the fact that um, we had to use inlinks. That site's organic traffic, basically after a month or two, went up 60% just because inlinks was being used and the schema was being added. So ideal situation, all schema markup code should be basically hand-coded and custom for each page on the site. But if you're dealing with a site that's 50 pages or 100 pages or more, frankly, it's not going to be possible, right? If you are dedicated and you are dedicated SEO for that site, yes, you probably could do it and should do it. But in most cases, like an agency situation, where we're talking about a digital marketing agency, SEO agency, web design firm, whatever, um, and you have a client and you have a page, a site, your client site is 50 pages even you know, or more, it's not cost effective for you to be manually putting in schema. So, or writing it for each page on the site and so forth. So something like inlinks.net where we'll basically install it and then you configure it properly in their dashboard, then, you know, then great, you can do that. Now, as a side note, um, I do offer an inlinks.net um, setup, and um, I believe they also, you know, if that's for large, you know, large sites that have a lot of stuff needs to be done um, and set up, I believe inlinks will help you do that if you pay a certain amount um, per month, but I'm not sure you want to check with them. Um, again, inlinks.net, um, highly recommended. So, news.ycombinator.com, uh, you know, N-E-W-S-Y-C-O-M-B-I-N-A-T-O-R.com. Um, any digital marketer, uh, SEOs, basically my recommendation is you should be reading and keeping up with the latest news on Y Combinator. Um, it's not an SEO site. It's not, it's, it's a general tech newsworthy news and internet issues site. There are um, a fair amount of articles that make it on there that are, you know, even are web development related, um, and that's fine. But there are there's enough really good internet and overall web internet um, and internet related articles and some non-internet related articles that make it on there that are absolutely worth to being aware of. So basically, there's not a lot of SEO content on there, um, but you know, like I said, if you have content that is newsworthy enough, if you write, ted, you know, enough good technical content, um, you actually can get um, an article on the homepage. Um, I've had at least a half a dozen or so posts over the years get on the homepage. Um, it's absolutely great for your brand. Absolutely great for traffic. Um, and potentially links and notoriety on there if you can get something on there. But the content absolutely has to be stellar. Um, you're not, you know, can't be just SEO fluff or any kind of, you know, anything like that. It's got to be really, really good 
groundbreaking content, right? So I'm um, moving on. So domain name issues, domain names. So, so I'm particularly proud of a case that is finally wrapping up today after a more than a year that I've been working on this. Um, so I can't tell you how many emails, how many um, con, you know, contacts I've made, how much research I've done, how much, uh, you know, uh, uh, how many, how many times I've talked on the phone um, to to uh, domain registrars um, related to this is just absolutely one of these bizarre cases. It just is bizarre. I, I cannot describe it in any other way. Um, I'm disappointed in the policies and how certain domain registrars have dealt with this situation because you should be concerned um, of the policies that of uh, certain domain registrars and how they've been dealt with this. I'm actually since the to, today, um, the domain is back in the actual hands of the owner of this domain name. Um, <clears throat> So say, let's, um, Tom, so this guy's name is Tom. He bought a domain that's worth over, let's say $5,000, which, you know, now he's paid essentially, he paid a lot more than 5,000, but let's just say, once you get into, you know, a domain name value of 5,000 or more, it's pretty significant, right? Now, it doesn't matter whether it's a 10,000, 100,000 million dollar name, it's over 5,000. Okay, it's significant. So he paid for this domain name. Um, it was a former tech company um, years ago. And that tech company was sold to another company. Um, that company then was sold again and again. And the company that essentially acquired that original domain is now completely out of business, doesn't exist, and there's no trademark. So it's basically a brandable name. It's not like a generic name, but it's a brand, I would call it a brandable name, right? Um, after all, it was it was the name years, you know, 20 years ago of a tech company. So regardless, at this point, so Tom paid for the domain name. He bought it. He made that decision. Um, he renewed the name until 2025. That is significant. That is a significant um, fact in this case because he bought the name, right? And he renewed it, not just for a year or two, but there's no question, you know, if you look at the who is history and that's available through different resource, um, resources out there, third-party searches, you can look and see that he is he registered this domain until 2025 that is factual he did not want to lose his domain name um and being now that it's 2022 if you come across a domain that is renewed to 2025 um you're probably not going to have access to that name right unless you buy it specifically from tom now problem is his Gmail account or the Gmail account, you know, on this, you know, on the WIS record of the domain was hacked or accessed by a hacker. The Gmail account was hacked. From there, the G somehow the hacker realized that 
there's domain names um, associated. So that hacker then used the Gmail account to get access to the Uniregistry account. Now, Uniregistry is a registrar owned by GoDaddy. Now, Uniregistry, the Uniregistry account was accessed, obviously without permission. The hacker immediately went into the Uniregistry account and turned off two-factor authentication. So when a login occurred, Tom, the owner of the domain name, would not be notified that somebody logged into the account. That's key. So here we have a name renewed till 2025. We have a Gmail account hacked. We have Uniregistry who, in talking to them, they admit and they know, and they told, us, told me and Tom that looking at this case, um, the, they know that the, their account was act, accessed without permission. Um, it was, you know, after got into it. Now, Uniregistry will not do anything and basically wipes their hands of the whole situation because the Gmail account was hacked and not the Uniregistry account. That is kind of a concern to me because Uniregistry knows that the account was accessed without permission, but they say that the Gmail account was hacked, so it's not their problem. Okay. Now, moving on. The hacker went in to, and he deleted, or he or she, deleted the domain from the Uniregistry account. Normally, in 99% of cases, somebody accesses a, an, account, uh, an account, a registrar account. They will transfer the domain name to another account at the registrar, or, which is, you know, which is their name, or they will transfer the domain out to another registrar. Now, in this case, that didn't happen. The domain was deleted from the account. Then when it was deleted, Dropcatch, another registrar or a company, now they're not, they're associated with a registrar, but they're actually a company that buys domain names. They, not looking at the fact that it was renewed until 2025, which was if they had done due diligence, they would have seen that this domain was renewed until 2025 and that there was an issue with that domain. Regardless, they ignored that and they bought this essentially problematic, essentially stolen domain. They basically disregarded doing any due diligence. So they then took that essentially property that did not belong to them and they sold it. They sold it to somebody else. So basically, if we put a real life situation to this, there's a car that was essentially used and abandoned on the side of the road. When somebody came along drop catch and said, hey, here's an abandoned car. This was sitting on the side of the road. 
they then grabbed the car and they sold it at auction to somebody else. Well, is it that at, even though the new person bought the name, isn't that that car still does not belong to that to them, even though they bought it? The car does not, even though it was abandoned, Dropcatch bought the car and they sold it. Not, they bought this vehicle and they didn't check to see it was registered till 2025 or registered to somebody else, right? They just grabbed it and sold it. So here we have unit registry who didn't, in my opinion, didn't do, do something right. They don't they will not reclaim responsibility, even though they know the account was accessed without permission. That's unit registry and GoDaddy. Then drop catch caps comes in. They essentially, you know, they essentially sell abandoned property that's not theirs after they have acquired it. Um, so where are we at here? We're at now the fact that Tom really just needs the domain back for his business. So Tom being the nice guy that he is, just needs it back. He buys, he, you know, he then pays a lot of money for whatever, you know, the amount that the, that, that the current registrant bought it from from uh, from um, from Dropcatch. So now we have Tom has his domain name back. We don't know whether or not, or Tom has to, uh, decided whether or not he's going to go after Dropcatch for stale, you know, for selling his stolen property or abandoned property um, for going after Unirite Street because they clearly knew that it was accessed without permission. Right. I'm glad to say that I think I've done my part to get Tom his domain name back. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that. We'll see what happens in the future with this. Now, you should be kind of concerned um, just as a domain name owner, because number one, your domain name can get accessed without permission. Um, number two, your, your registrar, you know, if you're using certain registrars, they won't have your back if something bad happens. They don't care. They do not care. So there are certain regis registrars that do care and will have your back no matter what. Um, anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. We'll see what happens from now on. Now, there is an odd issue with DNS entries suddenly disappearing completely. So it's kind of random. This website owner, which happens to be the same website owner that I was working on, same website with um, within links that I mentioned earlier. But frankly, he made a change to the the domain's um, DNS where it was the DNS was hosted, and went from Cloudflare to um, back to the registrar. 
And when that happened, he put all the entries in. And even though entries are in at the registrar properly, the name servers remain for the past several days. And even till right now, I checked before I recorded this, the name servers are completely blank. There's absolutely nothing there. They're just, they're, there's nothing in the name server, in the DNS entries. There's no A, the A record is blank. The MX record is blank, et cetera. That kind of means that basically the A record, like you, you, you have to, in the DNS entry, the A record has to show what IP address or what server, where the, where the website's at. And it's completely blank. If it's completely blank, then, then nothing will resolve. You can't, the website won't show up. It can't come up from anywhere. The same thing with email. The, there's, no, there's no records there. They're just completely blank. That's just very odd, right? So um, regardless, the site can't resolve. It, it can't, it's, you know, it went from being up and running to up basically by changing something, the DNS entries completely are just disappeared. Um, and they can't even be populated. You, you, you know, we've tried over and over again to actually put information in there and nothing will show up, it's completely blank. Don't know what's going on. I still, di we're still diagnosing the issue um, with multiple registrars and tech people working on it. It's first time I've seen this. Um, as you may recall, I have mentioned in the past, I'm working on kind of a personal project, which is to, uh, which is related to uh, email spam and, um, and, you know, coming in the inbox. And so anyway, so um, I've used several different, uh, different uh, companies to test things and uh, updates. Um, spam Hero seems to be one of the best right now and something that I'm using. It's a fairly easy setup um, as long as you have access to your, you know, your, your website's DNS. Um, there's a few filters that you need to set up in cPanel if you're using that um, because spammers will, will try to send you email directly to the, to the, to the server and bypassing all filters. And so that happens is you need to set something. So if somebody sends something directly to the server, trying to bypass your spam filter, meaning that it's probably gonna be spam and those should be automatically discarded or not even allowed to happen. So um, anyway, so there's some you know, spam getting through. It's pretty much 99 or yeah, nine, let's say 90% perfective. And um, rather than getting, let's say 700 emails a day, and um, is that, you know, spam emails, those are basically gone. Um, and it's a time issue for me, is that having to go through so many emails, you just gonna like keep up and so forth. So that said, um, Spam Hero is my hero uh, uh, for this week. Um, if you would like to get your company mentioned on the podcast or um, have me review, uh, take a look at your tool or anything like that, let me know, get in touch. Um, that said, this has been the Bill Hartzer Digital Marketing with Bill Hartzer podcast for July 14th, 2022. Thanks for joining me. I will talk to you again next week. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.